0: You have meddled with the primal forces of nature, Mr. Beale, and I won't have it! Is that clear? You think you merely stopped a business deal? That is not the case. The Arabs have taken billions of dollars out of this country, and now they must put it back! It is ebb and flow, tidal gravity. It is ecological balance. You are an old man who thinks in terms of nations and peoples. There are no nations. There are no peoples. There are no Russians. There are no Arabs. There are no third worlds. There is no West. There is only one holistic system of systems. One vast and imane, interwoven, interacting, multivariate, multinational dominion of dollars. Petrodollars, electrodollars, multidollars, Reichmarks, Rims, rubles, pounds and shekels. It is the international system of currency which determines the totality of life on this planet.
1: Hello and welcome to Stuff We've Seen. This is your host, James Kent. And now, here he is, direct from his basement studio at the bottom of the Alamo, protecting P.V. Herman's bike. It's Teal.
2: How's it going? I'm here. Uh, You can hear me. At the basement of the Alamo? At the basement of the Alamo. (laughs) Yep. I uh I, I watched that movie again recently. Oh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure? Yeah, and it holds up. I would hope so. It's one of the good one of the all time greats. Yeah, no, it 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 totally holds up.
1: <laughs> I, I think that one of the reasons why it holds up is because it was not a film that was designed with razzle dazzle special effects. It was right. already a sort of a retro kitsch throwback. And so there isn't anything about it. That was dated then. I mean, it's you know what I mean,
2: right? It 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 feels dated now, but it felt dated then. Exactly. Kind of so it's saying. still it's fresh, like it's yeah. always kind of dated because it takes place in its own little world.
1: Yeah, Pee Wee's just this crazy little character, and uh it's totally ridiculous. And uh, I think that kids <laughs> of any age, when they watch it, they they can like
2: it. Yeah, my daughter liked it.
1: Like it's not um, one of those things where some comedy. It's just you're watching it now, and you're like, ooh, it's not really funny anymore. <laughs>
2: right yeah i mean she it, it took her a little while to get used to the Wee character she was like this is such a strange character He's so weird what's going on here this How is your is this youngest movie yeah, yeah. Okay. no 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 my, my oh oldest. your oldest yeah
1: did she see the new one and uh, well it's not new anymore but the one that was on netflix
2: People's, no we haven't seen oh my
1: yet. yeah you gotta basically it's a reboot a lot of it is the same types of circumstances but boy there's some funny stuff okay.
2: in there yeah it's uh, <laughs> some uh, funny stuff I finished watching, as we're talking about my older daughter, uh finished watching Barat with her, the new one, subsequent movie film. And,
1: and what did she think of that? <laughs> did she see the first one or just the second
2: one? <laughs> just the second That's one. like my son.
1: He just saw the second
2: one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, she... uh She freaked out during the Giuliani part because she was like, how is this real? How is this something that is that actually him or is that an actor? (laughs) A lot of
1: those scenes, you know, it's funny. I do. And I don't know. Maybe that's the genius of it. I question how much of it is real. Like when he lives with those two guys, I've been told that it was really real and that they didn't know who he was. But I still just don't believe it. (laughs) <laughs> I just feel like that couldn't possibly have happened, like, without them right. knowing and it wasn't, like, pre-scripted. Well, and it's
2: so perfectly set up that they're going on with all these conspiracy theories and then he has his crazy idea and they're like, no, 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 no. That's, That's, way, a too cons- there. <laughs> That's way too out there. That's way too cons- out there. Yeah, it's, like, a little too perfectly scripted in a way.
1: But then yet, right, so uh, what, what happened is, right, when they filmed that, we didn't really know all about the QAnon stuff. Yes. And so the, the, it kind of uh, gave us a little window into the <laughs> thought process of these people who believe in <laughs> crazy stuff. Hey, so, uh, audio, look at what's going on here. Uh, we, we're seeing, not just hearing, we're seeing Jim and Teal. I, I don't know how this is possible. <laughs> It's creepy. I know you find it creepy. And, uh you know, so, exactly. But, you know, we, we we like to keep up with the times. And uh we figured that we got to move into the world of video as well and give it a shot. I know that's your favorite thing. Teal likes to be as anonymous as possible. And here it is. I'm like, no, we're doing video. And you're, <laughs> you're going to do it. OK, we'll see how this works. I'm sorry. <laughs> I apologize. I'll apologize to the audience in advance. Mm-hmm. And he's taking a nap which is the stuff you don't see, right? <laughs> as a matter of fact-
2: That's, you, d- you don't see me napping during the podcast usually.
1: As a matter of fact, what people don't realize is that in order to do this, I had to get an actor to portray to you because he is so <laughs> mysterious and private that he didn't want to be on tape. So now I had to get a sound alike. That's why I don't want to sound exactly 100% like we did in the audio version because I got an actor. <laughs> Hi, actor.
2: Hi. Uh, I, I could be doing motion capture, maybe.
1: <laughs> that could be. He's actually... In fact,
2: this episode is directed by David Fincher.
1: Uh, yes. So what you don't know <laughs> is that this is the 101st take of us doing our show. I know. See, now Teal was used to all the shenanigans just with audio, but now it's going to yeah. be a video. Who knows from week to week what was going to happen? um but uh yeah so here's the show this is exactly what we do but now you're gonna have to look at us and uh i guess i'm it's weird is that i'm trying to look at where teal is but he's not exactly yes. where the camera is so the camera's yeah, here i'm
2: finding i'm finding the same problem my, my eye line is totally off
1: yeah um, we don't have what uh, errol morris's camera thing that he invented oh, yeah
2: where he has like the the glass in front of the camera with his face on it?
1: Yeah, so like you look, like you're talking into the camera, but at the person at the same time to avoid that yeah. problem that we're having with the eyeline thing.
2: It has a special name, like the. In- T- interrogator or something. The interrogator. I love that. I'm serious. It does have <laughs> it's got some kind of crazy name like that.
1: Um, uh, okay, so I, we don't really have a set agenda here. We got a couple of things. Um but uh one thing and I don't know. You 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 listeners and now the in, viewers It's what? the interatron. The interacron?
2: Interatron.
1: The interatron. Interatron. Right. It should be a yes. black mirror episode coming up soon. Um <laughs> so uh, you listeners and now viewers, it seems like a lot of people have watched, or I'm not watched, maybe watched along, uh, listened to our, our our watch party, the Netflix thing for the Six Underground.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. People seem to like oh, that oh. one. Uh, oh, I didn't know. Yeah, I'm telling you now. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad I'm happy about this. <laughs> but got I got some. De-
1: <laughs> uh, see, now we're still interrupting, even though we can see each other. Yeah, well. I think there's
2: lags in the technology. There's lags, and every now and then you freeze, and I'm like. Uh, Really? "Uh, Yeah. Oh, well, I'm not freezing on my end. Well, no, you're (laughs) freezing on my end. It's cold in here.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. Um, (laughs) But I don't know if people are just listening to the episode and and then hearing us talk without actually watching the movie, or are they actually trying to watch the movie and play our commentary at the same time?
2: I would love. uh, I'd love to know. both are great. Yeah. i'd love to know yeah but so if you have uh if you've checked it out let us know
1: yeah i mean i know there are people have so yeah uh but that's what um, we're here to talk have, about
2: what have you tried watching it uh again <laughs> no Oh, tried watching no, no no
1: i had to watch it twice the first time which i thought was going to be the last time and then the time where we got together and had a good time laughing about it uh so no um but uh i have i've watched you know some things but i'm more curious as to what you've watched uh,
2: recently okay so before we get into that oh okay that's <laughs> like we're going down a rabbit hole uh, which is fine I think we have some time for rabbit holes today it, it's a minor rabbit hole but I think it's interesting to talk about it mm. occurred to me yesterday uh it, well because you recommended a movie a while ago Roma and I uh, know I watched it wait wait
1: wait you watched Roma
2: no, <laughs> no, no, no. I recommend that. No, this it is back. not a surprise. You H- already know what Hateful I want. No, no, no. Wait, hold. Okay, you, you're getting. Uh, yes.
1: You watch Paper Eight? No. Okay. I'll
2: just listen. Um, so uh, what I realized though mm-hmm. is that you and I are both kind of film omnivores. <laughs> Yes. Right. Like, like. I mean, occasionally we run into something where we're like, "Yeah, not really our genre." That's true. Uh, Occasionally, but generally, uh, we will watch anything from any genre: comedies, musicals, horror films. Yeah. And 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 we like stuff across genres, and we also like some weird stuff. Yeah. Uh, You know. So sometimes, like. You'll recommend a film to me or the viewer, or viewers. We have viewers now. See, you're getting with the program. You're getting with the program. We got yeah. viewers now. <laughs> uh, so my point is, sometimes, and I think you and I have disagreements. Uh, our, our most disagreements are on Doritos movies.
1: That would probably be true. Six Underground. Um,
2: right. Well, my point. Yeah, anything like with you, Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> anything directed by Peter Berg. Exactly right yeah um <laughs> uh, and so my point is that sometimes when you recommend a movie i don't know uh you know you really liked it it could be one of these oh. doritos flicks it could be some weird art flick like uh i don't know any uh, i don't have anything well in line, okay like it,
1: well you haven't watched it but like when bill and i talked about this movie that's on criterion now i'm still recommending it to you is what happened was
2: Yes, exactly. Yeah. Great example. So you recommend it. I'm not really sure what category this film's going to fall into. And I, you know, as and you're you know, concerned,
1: because like, you're like, I don't know if I want to watch that genre. It, 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 yeah, <laughs> or
2: I don't know if I'm up for, you know, a weird art film right now. Maybe I want something more like a goofy comedy or, yeah. you know, so, and so sometimes I'm not quite sure, like, and if it's just a film that you enjoyed with your family or if it's something you really think is like so you're saying a I have to like
1: give you a little map when I recommend a movie as to why I'm recommending it like I got to give you no, a chart no, I'm of not like got to watch any- it right now it's the greatest <laughs> versus well I liked it you maybe you wanna watch it or maybe I even said hey we're going to do it on the show maybe you should watch it and then you don't and then it goes into your vast void of you forgot of all about unwatched
2: it. stuff yeah um so anyhow, and then sometimes you recommend a movie and I watch it and I'm like, this is better than I thought it was going to be based on your recommendation. Oh, I didn't sell it properly. <laughs> you didn't. And I remember this happened uh, with me recommending uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. And, and okay. Yeah. That's back. a good example because I, yeah.
1: I, I was kind of like, it just felt like that was going to be a chore, even though everybody's saying it's good. Yeah. I needed someone to be like, you got to stop what you're doing. You got to watch this.
2: <laughs> and I didn't do that. I told you it's really good. And you I did, liked it. And your daughter it, but,
1: liked it. But I'm like,
2: okay. Yeah. And then you watched it. And you were like, how did come? You didn't tell I me I know. If I had known it was that good, we would have synced it and watched it together.
1: So, like, you know, so that yeah. we talked about it on the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Okay. Uh, so, that just happened to me with a movie that you would recommend. It mm-hmm. Called Booksmart.
1: Oh, we talked about that on the show, but a long time we, ago.
2: We talked about it on the show a long time ago, and, and you would I'd heard you mention it, and a lot of other people mention it, and All those booksters uh, mentioned it. So I could see where you... I probably saw it on the social media. Yeah, I saw it on the tweeters. Mm.
1: Yeah, well that's the problem, is I, 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 you know, I don't want to get a tangent, I'm just telling you that this is something that has come up, and maybe I'll just preface it, but I feel that there is a community. Well, say it's Twitter. I don't know, but it's some younger critics today that they seem to have an agenda why they are hyping a movie beyond whether the movie really was good. And mm-hmm. they, it's almost as if they've never seen anything like it. And if you have a film background, and when I say film background, meaning that you're as old as you and I are, and have seen a lot of right, movies and have
2: watched a bunch of movies,
1: that yeah. they're not as original <laughs> as you might think they are young critic, Uh, but they get so enthusiastic. And I sometimes think that there are ulterior motives for why they're getting enthusiastic that they can sometimes I get I get skeptical and I'm like, it's probably not that good. And even sometimes I watch it and I actually like it less because I know there's a community out there that is so overhyped it.
2: Right, that they have right, ruined it right. for
1: me because I'm like, "What are these people on? They don't. They don't even know how to like break down a movie and recognize that this thing is actually awful in this spot and that spot, but yet they've glossed over all those flaws because you know it's got something unique to their uh, young experience.
2: Well, and I can sort of understand. I, I I, I, can, I, I can sort of understand that if if it's a movie that. Uh, provides representation for people who haven't had representation before and uh that can sort of overshadow or uh, some of the faults in a film maybe and yeah so you're you're viewing it a little less objectively and more like oh this is important because it has something to say and it speaks to me my my experience specifically um i think and that happened a little in this movie booksmark it happened a little with this movie, Booksmart, and so I just wasn't that sure going into it. But I, I told you you should watch it with your daughter. I know, I know. Now, did you uh, watch it with your daughter? Well, I'm getting to that. Okay. But before I go there, I want to do a tangent. <laughs> Okay, tangent. It's okay, because tangent. It, because I, th- I I think this is an important tangent. Uh, what we're talking about is you know movies that appeal to a specific audience, you a look younger like you're audience. You're sitting perhaps. in a
1: really nice, comfy chair, by the way. I,
2: I am. I'm very comfortable. <laughs> Mine is just so so, but that looks pretty comfortable. <laughs> I'm really comfortable. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I want to mention the uh, Bo Burnham movie.
1: Uh, eighth grade.
2: No, not oh oh oh! You mean that Netflix special? The Netflix special inside that a lot of people are raving about. People are raving about it. Yeah. People, and yeah, that's one where it's like I. So I watched the first ten minutes. I've watched the first half hour. Okay, what do you have to say about it? You want my opinion, not your opinion. You don't want to be no, the star of my this opinion. segment. I want to hear your I'll opinion. Give you my you opinion. On Wait, the first did 10 you watch
1: ten minutes because it's all you had the time to watch, or you, that was it for you?
2: No, no, no. That was all the time I had to watch. Okay. So I, you know, I, I will watch some more of it, I think. Okay. Um, but I thought it was, I, I guess it's like this sometimes with comedians, like either you click with them or you don't. Um, but I did not click with the first 10 minutes of that movie. I was like, it's a cool idea. I'm glad he did it. Uh, interesting, cool way to do a comedy special, but doesn't, it, it it just didn't click for me. I'm not going to say that it wasn't that it's not good or anything like that. I just uh, it didn't speak to me at all. But apparently it's speaking mm. to a huge number of people. Right. Uh, I keep seeing in my Facebook feed, you know, people I know who were in their uh, mid to late 20s. Yeah. And they, you know, I saw a post yesterday. I've seen it three times. I'm going to watch it again today. Ooh. Well, he's um, like 30 years old this guy. Yeah. So
1: he's in that millennial generation um and you know, maybe the millennial experience of of the pandemic being locked away uh is different like we have our families. Yeah. And we have this show. Uh <laughs> And we have a responsibility (laughs) to the
0: listeners.
1: (laughs) So, you know, we already have things going on. But, I mean, maybe if you were, you know, single, let's say, in an apartment in a big city and suddenly trapped for several months, you know, Mm -hmm. maybe then you see this Bo Burnham guy and and he's speaking to you differently than he would be for us. Yeah. Um, So I watched 20 more minutes than you did, sir.
2: Yes.
1: And I would say that the next 20 minutes after the first 10 are very similar to the first ten.
2: (laughs) A lot of songs. (laughs) That's kind of what I figured. I mean, it's a comedy special, though, right? So, I mean, basically a comedy special is somebody telling jokes for an hour and a half. I mean, here's a
1: guy who, you know, he's got more money probably than we do, and he he was able to purchase some nice equipment to do this thing. I mean, you know, not everybody has that. So when people are all bummed out that like, oh, I'm not spending my lonely time with doing original things. Well, it helps to have a budget that he can put towards those things because I, I looked at you know that's a nice camera and some nice yep. light lighting setups and and he has directed a feature film so he
2: probably knows yes. some
1: things um so it's well i mean you would think that there's a whole crew there putting it together because it's so
2: you know well right no he done he just puts some time into um
1: and it's inspiring people i think because they're feeling bad that they haven't done anything creative because again they do not have a show <laughs> like you and i do <laughs>
2: Well, they also, uh, yeah, I don't, I mean. <laughs> ah, yes. Um, but I, but, but as I
1: said, this is what I said to my wife. Sh- she seemed to have been enjoying it. I actually said, I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. I'm done. I've, I, and, and, and I said, but respectively, I, I respectfully, uh, I don't begrudge anybody that like saw and got something really profound out of this. I'm not here to make fun of them and said, you're wrong. It's right. just, Doesn't work for me. It's not something that I find really that uh, interesting or engaging um, or very funny. There's a few chuckles. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not a big Bo Burnham guy. I actually didn't really like him in Promising Young Woman. Like he was my least favorite part of it.
2: Okay. Interesting. Um,
1: So I guess, you know, and uh, also I thought eighth grade was a little overrated uh that's oh, this film which okay. i know a lot of people yep. at same age thought it was a revelation and i'm like guess you haven't seen any other teen movies coming of age <laughs> and you know i'm the coming of age movie king uh, Yeah,
2: and i look for truth and i kept now i'm blanking what's that Dum-dum. that french coming of age film with the two girls uh, oh, peppermint oh, soda? Oh, oh peppermint
1: soda and then there was the um the mermaid girls there the you know the ones where they were swimmers and then they fall right with each other. But Peppermint Soda yeah. was that coming of age in the sixties.
2: Yeah. Film. And then, yeah. What was the one with the swimmers? Um, <laughs> the one that the, the person, a portrait of a lady on fire did. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I forget what the name I'm, of that
1: I'm, one is, but I liked I'm that a lot. On
2: the t- I yeah. liked it a lot too. Uh, so I, yeah, I, I was thinking about that as I was watching these other two movies this weekend. Um, oh, the book so smart. Any, and, and yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so, uh, so getting back to book smart. So, I mean, this is like a year or so ago that I watched this, and we talked about it. Yeah, it's a year or so ago, and you just mentioned it the other day, and I thought, okay, I'll give it a shot, and I, uh, yeah. I mentioned
1: it because I saw this other film on Hulu uh, called Plan B, and after watching Plan B, I thought that those two films together might make a great double bill.
2: Yes. I have some thoughts about them as a double bill, but... Hmm. Well, you mean you've seen <laughs> Plan B as well? I've seen Plan B as well. Okay, well, let's talk about Booksmart first, because that's okay, you watch so, Booksmart first, right? Yeah. So I watched about twenty minutes of Booksmart. Th- and that's it. I'm not done yet. Oh, oh, oh! I thought, <laughs> you yeah, like thought you were twenty minutes. I'm like,
1: you got ten <laughs> minutes of Bo Burnham. Twenty minutes. What did you get? Thirty minutes no. of.
2: <laughs> so I got about twenty minutes into it, and I thought this movie is great, and I need to watch it with my daughter.
1: Yeah, it starts off like really gangbusters, too. It does. It, it. Yeah.
2: Right from the opening scene, it, it, it's the opening scene is one of the characters comes out of her house, and the others pulled up to, uh, to, drive, to drive her to school, and they just start dancing like on right. the sidewalk. And it's just so charming and endeared me to the characters so much, and uh, really beautiful introduce this friendship between these two characters yeah. which is i think really what the heart of the movie is is this friendship it's like it, it's it's a buddy film in a way
1: yeah and we don't get a lot i mean th- that that's what's, what's unique is we get tons of coming of age guy buddy movies yes but not yes, a lot of female buddy movies and you were is, if, is a yeah a couple of years ago that was a big topic as you were struggling to find movies for your daughter Yes. And that she could watch. Now, of course, she's even getting older. And what's a good comedy for her to watch with exactly. female leads and heroes? And, and here's a good movie.
2: And here's a good movie. And yeah, I think uh, it, it's funny. She, uh, you know, I asked her if she wanted to watch it. And I said, you know, it's it's got, <laughs> it's got some content. <laughs> it's got some content that, uh, you know, is a little bit... Uh, grown up um or at least a little bit older than her you know they're high school kids she's yeah she's middle school yeah 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 Yeah. uh and so i you know so i said go look it up and you know read a little bit about it and let me know and she came back and she said i really want to see it but i'm not sure i want to watch it with you oh that's interesting yeah and I said, well, do you want to watch it with your mother? Oh, no, that would be worse. <laughs> That's interesting. Uh, so she did say after we were done watching, she said, eh, I got a little embarrassed a few times because, you know, you were sitting next yeah, to me. <laughs> it's important to get those over
1: with. As a matter of fact, I think our son, our oldest, watched Book Smart with us.
2: Okay. He didn't watch
1: Plan B, but he did watch Smart. He liked it.
2: Yeah. So I think Book Smart is a classic.
1: Wow. Strong words, yeah. my friend.
2: It, 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 I think this, uh, I was totally blown away by this movie. I think, wow. yeah. I, might, I, it sounds like you liked it more than I did. I think I liked it more than you did because, and, and uh, 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 a lot of this has to do with because I watched it with my daughter, is part of the reason I liked it so much. Well, yeah. I think uh, shared experiences are important. Absolutely. And it, it was a great shared experience. And, uh, yeah i mean it it, it's a movie that that is about um girls being awesome and (laughs) it it is right um it it is it's the buddy coming of age guy movie but with girls and um and i
1: thought one of the things i i remember because i haven't seen it again um i I didn't know you were going to watch this until you told me over the weekend and you know right away when you're watching a film does the director understand the camera or not yes. and part of the reason why this film is so successful beyond that it's really f- funny well written movie is that olivia wilde knows what she's doing
2: behind mm-hmm. the camera it's actually well Absolutely. shot you know i mean it's, it's well, well composed shot and well edited mm-hmm. and you can tell that the shots are thought out it's not just like yeah. hey let's film the actors it's Uh, actually there's a story being told visually.
1: And I think it's very easy in these teen movies for people to be like, well, that doesn't really matter that much. It's more about the situation and just getting it on film. And And so it's nice when she does it. Plus it also has some other assets. I think overall we're used to situations where kids are really nasty to the heroes and stuff, but everybody's kind of nice, ends up being nice to them. Like they're excited that these two girls are deciding to kind of engage with them because they themselves are the ones that have kind of put a wall between themselves and all these other kids. They thought were like, you know, they thought these other kids were one way.
2: Right. And then they find out they're They're, not just a bunch of mean jocks. Right. Right. And, and that's the other thing. Like, uh, When we first started watching it, my daughter said, Oh, these uh, some of these characters are like over the top cartoony, uh, you know, not real characters. I'm thinking Mm. about like the uh, the rich kid with his face on the t shirt and the party on the boat.
0: (laughs) I I love that,
2: (laughs) and he's this really uh, uh, over the top character. I mean, it's hilarious, but he ends up becoming like a real person by the end of the movie. That's what, so
1: that's what it was that to me, those are the refreshing things,
2: yes. That he yes,
1: becomes a real person, right? Exactly.
2: Yeah, uh, he becomes, and he actually has feelings, and he, yeah, isn't just this cartoon character. And that's true of pretty much all the characters in the movie. Um, and these two main characters, their relationship is like, uh, you know, it, it, it's on, for me, on the level of like the Great Buddy movies. Like, wow. um, so, and part of the reason I, I feel this way is because I teared up during this movie twice. Twice? Those twice. times? <laughs> twice.
1: Wow, you teared twice. up. I'm not thinking, I, I can't remember there's anything that was like emotionally sad
2: in the movie, but maybe there was. Uh, They get in a big fight.
1: See, I uh, now, all right, interesting. So this is a part that I felt is very much a part of these movies and it's interesting you watch plan B because plan B has almost these similar beats where there has to be a point towards the later part of the story where the two people's relationship is tested and there's conflict and then they're going to have to come back together. For me, this is where the weak part of book smart was a little bit is this part that goes into the jail right before the graduation ceremony.
2: Oh, right. That bothered me.
1: I felt that she like, and I'm saying she is Olivia Wilde was doing great up until this point. And I really wish that she could have found some ways around that because the, it just, then it started to get a little bit out of the realm of reality for me. I know it's a little that, bit over I the see, top, but that really yeah. bothered me. So I didn't okay, like how. Okay, I see where
2: you're going. Yeah. yeah.
1: I know that they had to have some conflict and there was some things, but I just right. didn't like those choices.
2: Um, I liked their fight. And then at the very end, the the very end scene at the airport, I teared up a little bit too. Yeah, because one goes more, away
1: to, the, to, to college, yes. right? Or
2: something. And, yeah. yeah. Uh, but more so than that, I laughed throughout the movie. And you're not a big comedy guy, so for you, and to I'm laugh... not a big comedy guy. And sometimes I stifled my laugh because I didn't want my daughter to think that I. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I can't let her know that I think this is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, like I, uh, that joke's a little edgy. Maybe I shouldn't laugh at that. Um, but no, I think this is one of the great high school movies, and wow. I think it's. I think it's a defining movie for this generation that's teenagers right now. Well, I don't, you know, this is one thing that's
1: interesting in today's world. It was a pretty big deal when it came out. Um, Yeah. As far, I mean, I don't think it was a big hit in the theaters or whatever, but, you know, then it was on Hulu. But, I mean, critics loved it, uh, especially that certain band. uh, I've talked about the younger critics. But the question is, a couple years later, You know, movies that were coming-of-age teen films in our day, like, uh, for example, Sixteen Candles. Yeah. Sixteen Candles, which a lot of people don't know because they just don't know their history, they think, oh, that was a big smash hit. It was a bomb. Nobody saw that movie. I did. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, like, in and out of theaters in a couple of weeks. Yeah. You know, it was, like, probably made its money back and everything, but it wasn't, like, some monster teen smash. However, by the next year... It had, you know, came out on video. It was already starting to get attention. Then when the breakfast club comes out, A, it's, it's a little bit of a different movie, but people already now knew, Oh, it's the person that did 16 candles. They wanted to see it. That was a much bigger hit, but it still wasn't like some slam bang, like, you know, right gazillion hit. It just over the years just with the video, it just kept gaining popularity. Yeah. And and so it became a thing where suddenly, you know, a whole generation has seen this movie. So the question is, the way people consume films today, does a film like Smart not that it doesn't hold up, but does it hold up in that, is it even part of the conversation two years down the road? Do kids just move on through content so fast that they never actually go back and find something like this?
2: That's an interesting question. I mean, I can see this being like a sleepover movie right Where, but that's the question will it i don't know the will way it? kids are today
1: this is your yeah. daughter did you know i mean yeah she was a little bit young but like will she now want to talk about this with her friends and watch this kind of right film with her friends?
2: and and in and, and in three or four years will she watch it again yeah right the, the way you would with breakfast club right
1: now what i find is happening because i get you know again it, I introduced my son to certain films. And again, he he liked some of the Tarantino
2: movies. Yeah.
1: But I only found out how much he liked the Tarantino movies when in casual conversation, I find out that on his like iPad or whatever, or even his iPhone that he's watched the hateful eight three times. Or he's watched Django Unchained three times. That he, the first movie out of all of them he watched when he was a little too young was Pulp Fiction a couple years ago. Right, right. He hadn't revisited it. Now he revisited it where he's a little bit older, understands things differently, and he's like, this is just the greatest. So he, on his own, is rediscovering some of these films, the ones he likes. He now is choosing because he has the power. In his hand, so in some ways, I guess kids are. But was he's? I haven't really heard him discovering new films on his own.
2: Right, right. I seem well, to, yeah. Because yeah. I mean, there's so much out there. What do you click on, right?
1: Exactly. So sometimes they need to be guided. But then when they like something, they're willing to rewatch it a bunch
2: of times. Exactly. Now, yeah. So I, I don't know if she, she's going to end up re- rewatching it, but I do feel like this movie has cult classic potential.
1: So. Stocking stuffer out there for Teal, uh, the VHS cassette of Booksmart. <laughs> he wants under his Christmas tree. Remember that when that was a big like you know, like oh I'd love to get this video or that video for Christmas. oh yeah, <laughs> and it did yeah yep um, So here's one thing you haven't mentioned in Booksmart, but it was my personal favorite part of the movie besides the yeah. Um, I, I think it's Caitlin Devers and uh, Beanie Fieldstein. That's uh,
2: the two mains? yeah, the she's the yeah.
1: she's the sister of um, the guy there. What's his name? I always forget his name.
2: I have no idea. Well,
1: he's the guy from uh, Super Bad and Moneyball. Mm. Uh, you know the funny? Oh, name.
2: Jonah Hill. Jonah
1: Hill. That's her. That's her brother. Did you oh, not? really? Yeah. Yep. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah. Now I'm going to say this to you because there's another one on the list that you didn't see. And she's in it. Uh, Beanie is in it is, uh, and it's great. I mean, it's coming of age. I think, I think your daughter's probably right at the age to watch it. Ladybird. Oh, yes. Yeah.
2: You've okay. never seen it.
1: You really should check it out. Yeah. Uh, I,
2: that's a good one to check out with my daughter too.
1: But the, the part of the movie that for me was my favorite and it, what's great is that they knew they had some kind of comedy gold because they decided to just keep adding her into the movie was right. Billy Lord. Yes. Which is Carrie Fisher's daughter. To me, it's the breakout yes. role. It's the role that tells it, it, me that it, she could really be a, a funny per- person in movies. Yes.
2: Yeah, that is a great... Yeah, she totally embraced that role, and it's hilarious. And a, You know, I like also just, like, the after-hours structure of the movie. Yes. Right? You know, that it's, like, going from sort of one surreal event to another... another. Um, with this goal in mind and one thing i i liked about the movie is that both characters had sort of equal goals yep um they both had goals they both had motives it wasn't just about uh them it was about their lives outside of that and them exploring those ideas about who they are and uh yeah. So anyhow, I think that just it, it's a great movie about people uh, as a coming of age movie, figuring out who they are, who they're going to be, what the rest of their life is going to be like, what who they've been up until now. Uh, and yeah, I mean, largely, I was just so charmed by the relationship between the two leads. There is something that I want to talk about. And
1: since you said you saw the movie Plan B. Yes. It's something that I, I probably wouldn't have brought up. But since you've seen both movies, it's something that I've noticed and I noticed it, and it, it's interesting and I want to get your thoughts on this and, yeah. and it may be, it's just sort of a trend, but it, it seems like in these films when they want to be very inclusive, it's yeah. become a thing. And it's almost like, it's almost like a staple if you're doing a coming of age movie now, right? That you need to have a character, preferably one of your main characters has to be, struggling with their sexual identity and yeah. or in the process of coming out or out but not having a boyfriend or a girlfriend that has to be a main plot it seems like in these movies and in book smart obviously one of yeah. the characters i believe in this in them in this movie both characters know that the Caitlyn devers character is
2: gay it's mentioned that she came out two years earlier. Right. So that's there, but she's really not
1: comfortable yet. Yeah. And she hasn't experienced She hasn't really had a
2: relationship. I think they actually say like, you've been out for two years and you've never kissed a girl or something. Right.
1: Um, Um, But then suddenly in this next movie, which, you know, I want to hear your thoughts on that. And I know we're jumping in, but there's this movie called Plan B that we're going to talk about, is that that is also a factor. Yes. In this female-to-female friendship, and it's something where, in this case, the girl hasn't come out to her friend. Uh, Correct. Hasn't come out to her family, and it's kind of built up as a surprise, even though I saw this surprise coming.
2: Yes, maybe because I just watched Smart. So, I uh, when I was getting ready to watch Plan B, I asked my daughter if she wanted to see it, and yeah. she uh, read the description and said, how is that not just book smart all over again? Hmm. And I was like, huh. Okay. Yeah. You kind of have a point. They seem very similar. Um, and so y- yet we chose- saw, yet for
1: years ad nauseum, we saw n- tons and tons of high school boys' stories. And that's endless. And, and yes. that's the thing is, so now we're finally actually getting some stories. And there's only so many ways to tell these stories that, like, there's nothing right. new. It's just, do you like the genre? If you like the, the genre, genre you're going to go for the ride.
2: So it's sort of like the uh, the super bad genre.
1: And this, I would say, out of the two films, even though Booksmart seemed like a female super bad, I think Plan B is more super badish in
2: some of the some of the scenes. Yes, in some of the scenes, I think that's right. But I, I'm talking about sort of like the. Uh, you know, you got a couple of characters and it's like the end of high school yep. uh, and there's like one night where they're trying to get to a party kind of thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, it, and so it's sort of that that narrative of, you know, the big night in high school.
1: Yep. And what are you going to uh, fill that night with, basically?
2: Exactly. And what are you going to fill that night with and and how is it going to uh, change our characters or not change them? And I think Plan B, uh, it it felt a little bit, well, okay, here's my big issue with Plan B. So you have an is issue. I, so, you, so, you, so overall, you're not, you weren't, you weren't on the Plan B train. I, I liked it. I mean, I think it suffered from having watched it right after Booksmart. Yeah, you seem uh, to get comparison-y.
1: Like, you, you're like, you've seen this movie and you loved Booksmart so much. So then when this comes out. As a second one, it's (laughs) inevitably like, uh, whereas maybe two years later, I'm like, oh, this is giving me that Booksmart vibe, and I miss that.
2: Yeah, well, and I totally enjoyed the movie, but like you said, uh, with the camera work in Booksmart, Plan B is not up to that level. Plan
1: B feels a little bit more low budget,
2: for sure. It feels a little bit more low budget. I also like that about Um, it. yeah. Um, my issue with it is that I feel like the and I mentioned this with Booksmart. I feel like the characters weren't equal. Um, that it, really? it's really about it's really more about one character's story, and the other one is kind of along for the ride.
1: I mean, I feel like one. I feel like the friend who eventually comes out to her friend. I feel like she's a little bit yeah. more of the supporting role. It, exactly, and, 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 and but, whereas
2: in Booksmart, I felt like it was a two header.
1: Interesting. Uh, yeah. I, what I liked about plan b is a when we talk about inclusion and, and diversity you're getting mm-hmm. two female leads right what well, was book smart those the, the, the two white
2: girls
0: right, right. with bro- yes. but
1: these these are girls that when we talk about not getting representation yeah there's and there's a lot of representation going on and yes. uh i also found i love the i i just as much as i like the the camaraderie in booksmart between those two. Yeah. I loved their interplay. To me it was the two of them together is what made it really funny. Um yeah. and I also liked that there was a message here. Um uh, and they didn't bang it over the head, but the mm-hmm. idea that depending on where you live in America, oh yeah. you make a mistake and it basically feels like the state and their crazy laws are going to try to trap you. And that yes. was where they even were trying to just, you know, we weren't talking about abortion here. We're talking about just trying to get a plan B so that no matter what, they don't have to worry about it. And yeah. there's all of these hoops that they had to go through. And yet, even while it seemed a little ridiculous that they wouldn't just maybe try another pharmacy or something, these girls well, were uh, in I a was tough exp- position. <laughs> They were in a tough yes. They're just kids, and kids, their first option is the local town pharmacy, and they're like already rebuffed there. So they're thinking we're going to get rebuffed everywhere except to where aren't we yes. going to get rebuffed? Planned Parenthood. So we're going to yeah. go there into the one Planned And then Parenthood, that's
2: three and, and, and then they get away. there. They yeah, and uh, uh, I like how the film has that like strong goal, and I liked how it resolved at the end actually. Yes, um, I thought it had
1: a good resolution in the
2: movie. I thought it had a good resolution, and I, I totally like the characters. I was, I, I agree with you. Their friendship, totally compelling.
1: And I, and I, uh, mind you, I just, I saw every beat of that movie go coming. Uh, yes, you know, and, I mean, it wasn't anything fresh there, but.
2: No, there that's and I'm and I'm okay with that. That's that's what this genre is. It's like the teen after hours movie. Except for the part,
1: right? So one of my favorite parts of the film because it was a little unexpected is where yeah. they go to the convenience store. And and the woman at the convenience store and then oh. <laughs> Than that. And then she sends them to her like brother or cousin out in the park and they have to try to buy these drugs. Like that, that was some good stuff going on <laughs> that, in there. It was funny. Was I was some good spoil stuff. It, yes. I was, you know, yeah. mean, it was some funny stuff in <laughs> the that. The drug movie.
2: dealer. Yes. Yeah. And then, uh, and also the woman at the convenience store like beats up. Well, she doesn't beat them up. She scares off the guys in the parking lot.
1: Yeah. um. So, uh. you know, there's some funny stuff. And then there's some parts I think that when they go to the bowling alley, yeah. and we get that plot line, it drags a little bit, right? That's where it goes, that's... and they go to that other party, and I think that's where it was probably losing you a little bit more, and it started to feel like yes. where it wasn't, it's it's like, oh, this is a little bit like super bad, but not as good.
2: Right, and it, fe- and it felt like a detour, whereas, I yeah, it, it, it felt like it, uh, there was a little bit of a lull there, like it got off track a little bit.
1: As a matter of fact, <laughs> when they go to that house party, and it's really kind of like a scary affair. It's
2: pretty scary, yeah.
1: I said to my wife, I said, Hey, I think they're at that super bad party, but fifteen <laughs> years later it's the same people. But this is what's happened to them fifteen years later? <laughs> um but uh so you didn't think this was a good I think it's a good double bill. Um yeah, there's a but I mean I didn't, you know, I think it's just like, hey, you got you get two stories, uh teens Night on the Town, trying to make something happen, friendships, but women uh, or you know
2: girls. I I, oh, I, I think and I think they're both good movies. I I, I give the edge to Smart. Yeah. Um, but I think they're almost too similar to be a double bill. Like, Interesting. I think you did. I think you did it right seeing them. You know, year or two <laughs> I had <apart>. no choice. <laughs> well, I know, but but I'm just saying, like as <laughs> as a double bill, I think there's they hit too many of the same beats.
1: Yeah. I see. I, I'll disagree with you only because I have a lot more drive in movie experience than you. <laughs> and to me, this is like the double bill that we would want to see.
0: Right? right. But you would right, have like right.
1: the one film that came out the year before that you're so excited to see again. Cause you didn't have VCR when I was a kid. Right. right? So it's like, Oh, book smart. I loved it a year ago. I got to see it again. And then you see the second <laughs> movie, and then you'll be like, yeah, you know, book smart. I think is better. I'm only going to see uh plan B three or four times versus the 10 times. I'm going to see book smart. Um, but uh, yeah but I also like that the the book uh, plan B was directed by uh, Natalie Morales and she was uh, a bit actress in parks and recreation um and I don't think she's done that.
2: quite a bit beyond that though.
1: No, yeah, I know, but that's like, like, to me, like, that's where I recognize her most because she played the, uh, the uh, love interest of this guy, Tom Haverford, uh, Lucy. Yes. And, uh, so for those who, like, are big Parks and Rec fans, uh, it's Lucy on that show. She directed this movie. And, uh, it was, again, I, I thought it was an, I, I like to see this story also in South Dakota. Um, we don't get a lot of movies, uh, based in that area. Yeah. So I just thought do um, you kind of weird? You're like you're like confused over there.
2: I'm looking something up. Oh, okay. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, if
1: I happen to in the edit cut to Till and he's looking he's <laughs> looking something up. So, so
2: okay. I uh I sorry, I had to look this up. Uh there was a no TV apologies. show. There was a TV series called The Middleman. Okay. Um, which was kind of this it's based on a graphic novel and it's this goofy sci-fi detective kind of thing. Okay. And you've seen this? Yes, it came oh, okay. out in 2008. Anyhow, Natalie Morales was the star of that show.
1: Oh, okay, so that's where you know her from.
2: And that's where I, uh, yes, I know her from Parks and Rec too. But I noticed her on that show because she was, uh, she's yeah. just fun to watch. She's a compelling actress.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, so anyhow, I can see both of these movies being played at high school parties.
1: <laughs> I can't see kids watching any movies at high school parties <laughs> today, but.
2: Well, I mean, and the, the sleepovers. People,
1: I don't know. I don't know what kids do today. Do they actually? Sit down I don't know and watch what movies? kids. I mean,
2: I I don't know if the parties are like. But I don't know when, when, by, maybe party is the wrong word, but like, <laughs> I would together. hang out with a, <laughs> I, I, yes, I would hang out with a group of friends and watch a movie when I was in high school. I know. We were. This was our cool days. Yeah. So maybe I don't know if people still hang out and watch movies together. Yeah. I can see these these two movies being in the mix. Do they do a
1: teens? Hulu and chill? Um, I think it's still a Hulu exclusive. <laughs> you know, we can't do a Hulu watch party and, uh, and do it. Uh, I wonder, I guess that's the thing too, right? Do kids get together online and watch movies like on Netflix and stuff like we did with sick underground? I wonder.
2: My kids do not. Oh. They get together online and play video games. And, yeah. That's what yeah, my kids but, do.
1: Video games.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, they get together and play video. Yeah. They, but they don't, yeah, they don't do watch parties.
1: Um, okay, well, so there's there's some recommendations. We're, we're going to keep this, I think, on the short side today, because yeah. it's video. Um, but uh, I, I have seen some things, but I'm going to mention only one thing. All right? We're going to okay. do Jim's... Amazon Prime Retro Corner. Oh, Yes.
2: Uh, you know, Ooh. so Amazon Prime is
1: always offering up uh, a smorgasbord of crap.
2: <laughs> Which is about to get a lot bigger now that they've acquired oh, MGM. That's right. Um, so, you know,
1: why? Don't ask me. Do not ask me. If you even try to ask me, I'm going to tell you, do not ask me why this movie, when it popped up, in, in my little viewing area i said oh i should watch this all right this is a film that came out in the 80s all right we'll see if you can guess this um and again don't ask me why i chose to watch this this was a film have you film seen it before i saw it one time in the theater okay. but i saw it second run this movie is 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 the the ultimate definition of a sleeper and a sleeper is a film where it gets released usually not at a prime time uh, it really? doesn't come out. And now remember to, it, uh, un, until the uh, pandemic happened, we had summers that were like starting in April, right? Or, or like doesn't even yeah. seem like there's even a season where there's like a slow period anymore for movies. No, not really. Yeah. But I mean, honestly, they were in like the big Marvel movies in April. So, uh, that's not what happened on our day. Our day, like it was Memorial Day weekend is when they yes. kicked off. So it's anything before began. that, yeah. uh, so this is a film that the year it was released was released in mid April. That was like, just waiting yeah. for, you know, that was like you got three or four weeks until like maybe some summer stuff comes in. And I remember looking at the trailer for this and I was like, come on, there's no way I want to see this movie. And I, just like anybody else, was shocked that I'm like, I had no idea why people were going to this. Like the critics savaged this movie, they hated it. So it should have been in and out in a week. And that's what the studio thought, like we can just make right. our money back. This had uh, no names in the movie, okay? But it became a smash. It was such a smash that it was still playing in late October of this year. and it came out in April. It was playing in October in the second run theaters. and it actually just hit videos were just starting to kind of become a thing. and this studio put it out for rental uh, and to buy at a reasonable price right? and we were shocked that they thought that was going to kill its final box office. But instead it actually started gaining in popularity again (laughs) because more people were seeing it. So that's going to be the history of this film. So finally my mom, my sister and I were intrigued enough because already fashion wise and culturally and everything, it was, it was becoming a thing that, that even my mom and my sister said, well, let's all go see this thing. And I watched it one time. What what genre is it? Oh, it's kind of hard to explain. It. I will say <laughs> the reasons why this film became so popular, I think, was because of at the time you had a, a convergence of events. And one of the big things was MTV.
2: Oh, was okay.
1: And so... Kind of like how in the late 70s, Saturday Night Fever became an event because of the dancing mm-hmm. aspect and the music. Yeah. Those elements, I think, made people feel like they had to go see this film. And I'm talking about 1983's Adrian Lyons movie, Flashdance. Yeah.
0: Wow. I yeah. rewatched
2: watched Flashdance for the first okay. time Wow! since 1983. It's- Now it's screenplay by Joe Esterhaus, right? He is, well,
1: I think it was original story by a guy who was interviewing these people at, in a Canadian, uh, bar. They were also like, they weren't quite topless dancers, but they were doing these dances. And he kind of ripped off, he paid like, like a thousand dollars for the stories of a couple of dancers. Okay. And then got the screenplay sold. And then they brought in Joe Esterhaus to kind of rewrite okay. it. And boy,
2: this movie feels like a
1: Joe Esterhaus
2: <laughs> movie. So I think I may have seen it twice in okay. the 80s. Pro- I probably saw it... I did see it in the theater. You did? Okay. I-, I did see it in the theater after it was a big hit. And then I probably saw it at least once on VHS. And that that's about it. And, uh, you know, I remember... Uh, I mean, how like the final scene, the audition scene, which of course you saw a million times because
1: they it was packaged as part of the video for Flashdance, the song on MTV. Between exactly. that and Maniac, which they played constantly, you got yes. to see good chunks of the movie, just like with Footloose, and yes. uh just like with Purple Rain, you felt like you saw the movie, even if you didn't see the movie, because these things on MTV.
2: Yes, you saw exactly. all the best of moments. Well, and that scene has become such a classic that it's been parodied of and course. Yeah. repeated and it's yeah, it's like here's this the stern old people uh, oh, but wait, they start tapping their foot to these young people's music. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So so you watched it again. <laughs> what, what,
1: uh, <laughs> Uh, i would seen parts, maybe. Well, again, I've seen the videos right a thousand times, so yeah. I've seen parts over and over again. But I mean, I've seen parts of the movie here and there over the years. It yeah. might have been on, and you know, I may have watched ten minutes of stretch. But from beginning to end, this is the first time since the theater that I watched it. And wow. a couple of things stuck out, Uh and I saw a really good print. Which Amazon Prime, not always good prints, but this not always was the case. Yeah, excellent, excellent print. And I remember this from the time it it actually received a few Academy Award nominations for a movie that was not critically received well. It got uh, nominated for M1, best song. Naturally, what a feeling. Flash dance. Um, it wasn't nominated for Maniac, I don't think, but that was another, Mm. that was a song I liked better, right? Out of the two for me personally. Uh, but it was also nominated for best editing and it was nominated for best cinematography. And okay. the cinematography was by uh, Donald Peterman. The cinematography yeah, is amazing. Okay. The cinematography in this movie is awesome. And wow. why is just the lighting, the way the shadows and light are hit, it's just gorgeous.
2: And, and some of that is Adrian Lyne.
1: Uh, well, it's stuff he likes, right? But I mean, yeah, Donald Peterman's—he actually won some other uh, nominations okay. for Academy Awards. He—he uh he did like one of the Batman movies, Batman Forever,
2: <laughs> okay. with Val
1: Kilmer and stuff. Uh, just you know, there's tons of neon in the movie, right? Right, um, right. But the lighting—there's a lot yeah. of night stuff, and just this atmospheric stuff around Pittsburgh, and uh-huh. obviously the lighting plays a key role because. Through almost every, and this has become, you know, apparent during the initial run when it was a runaway smash. People thought yeah. that the actors Jennifer Beals did the dancing, yes, but almost none of the dancing was Jennifer Beals. In fact, and um, it was a huge scandal. And it became a huge scandal because, you know, people don't like to have the wool pulled over. Um yeah. Though, if you watch the so knowing that when you watch this movie now, it's to, it's so obvious that she's not dancing. Really? It's very obvious. Even though they had, again, through brilliant editing and brilliant cinematography, it's well done. But you should know, like, hmm, if the dancer is completely always in shadow and silhouette and right. and this like curly haired wig, uh, then she's not dancing. Uh, there's also the part where that famous last scene when she's doing, she does this break dancing move. They actually yes. had a male break dancer do that part. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, And there's even a part where she wears this, like, kabuki makeup, and that was actually inspired by these dancers in Canada who did a dance like this, and it's got, like, strobes and everything. And, again, it's, like, amazingly well shot, edited, these sequences. But I'm not sure that Jennifer Beals is even under that makeup at any of that point. You can't tell. It could be her in some of those shots,
2: or it just could have been the the stand-in. So, yeah, and I I always felt like I didn't really care whether she did the dancing or not. Like, it, exactly. It, yeah. It's a movie. That you makes just no enjoy difference. The joy, the
1: dancing itself is what, what people really liked. Um, yeah. And then, of course, they have uh, a real dancer. Is one of the dancers there, Cynthia Rhodes, and she was in Dirty Dancing. She played uh, the the part of the one that gets pregnant and then says, you know, baby, baby, you don't know shit about my problems. Um, She's in it. (laughs) And just was dancing. Now, one of the things that I had forgotten, but was reminded when I watched this, it's like 95 minutes long, is that there isn't a ton of dancing in the movie. It's carefully sprinkled. Yes. But there isn't a lot of dancing in the actual film, Uh, right? Then, of course, you have the whole Joe Esther house. Uh, It feels almost like um, showgirls at times, and it's very misogynistic, and it's kind of creepy. And there's a lot of stuff that you're like, "Oh, you know," it's just it's just icky. Um, And then it's really weird is Jennifer Beals when she got the role she was almost 18 yeah she shot it when she was 18 came out when she was just 20 i think yeah um and she's really young but treated as an adult in the movie which is interesting in how like you'll have like 25 to 27 year olds play high schoolers
2: playing teenagers yeah Uh, like
1: for instance plan b both of those actresses are 25 years old
2: that does not surprise me at all. They
1: much. look like teenagers yeah. of sorts, but they're 25 years old. Here's a movie where she's playing an adult, maybe even older than her age. Right. Uh, there's, it's really weird. They don't really get into how old she is supposed to be in the film, but she's like works as a welder, right? <laughs> she works as a welder. Uh, her backstory is very fuzzy in the movie. And there's one thing where someone says, how do you, how long does it take to learn to dance like that? And she says something like 25 years. And I think oh, a lot wow. of critics overlook that that's mentioned. And right. maybe that's saying that she's supposed to be 25, even though 25 is pretty old to actually get a dancing career going in the conservatory right. that she's trying to get into. Yeah. Um, so I'm watching this movie, which, you know, again, it's, 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 it's very hokey with all this plot and yet it's totally enjoyable. And then of course the big thing that surprised me at the time. And then I was r- reminded is that when the dance audition is over, yeah. It's suddenly, it's the freeze frame ending of the movie. It's like, yes. she walks out and it's over. I do, I do <laughs> remember like, that what, actually. What was yeah. this? It's over. Uh, and so there's that. And so the overall movie, I'm like, I'm left going, how did this movie become such a <laughs> sensation? Even though I was having a good time. And I started to formulate my own backstory for this uh. character. And I started thinking of that movie with Scarlett Johansson under the skin.
2: Oh, yes. Okay. (laughs) Okay.
1: And I started thinking, Jennifer Beale, she has these beautiful eyes, right? Those very wide eyes. And she's kind of always looking around and just... You know, observing, and I realized that the reason why she never got any ballet training is that I think that she was an alien sent to understand and learn technology and learn uh-huh. the ways of the humans. And what happened is, is that the because she was an alien, even though she grew up and we don't know what her background was, we don't know where her parents were, she has some kind of grandmotherly figure friend, right? For the dancer is that she didn't know she was supposed to go to dancing school, and she learned that later. So she's now like, so she's fallen in with this barn. She's doing what she thinks is the dancing. And then suddenly she realizes there's another type of dance that she needs to bring to the alien planet. So she has to ace the audition and that the <laughs> sequel that they didn't do was her getting in. And eventually she has to go back to her home planet and teach dancing to her kind.
2: So how come there was never a sequel that elucidated all this for us? I
1: don't know, but even you know what it's really funny is that this is a this film watching the end of it because there was so much of her journey that should have this movie should have a sequel. Or it should have had a TV series. You could have easily done a flash dance TV series with uh, Alex the welder, which that part was also ridiculous that whether she's 18, if she was 25 and they stated that, maybe she could have somehow learned and and been in the trades of the welders. Um, Nowadays, you wouldn't really blink twice at a woman being a welder because it seems like – But back then, that was kind of one of the big talking points. I remember my mom thinking, that's totally ridiculous. Because there are no no female welders. (laughs) I'm like, well, there are in this movie. Uh, And then the whole thing with the the boss, uh, which was, by the way, creepy. The guy that they got to play the boss, he was, in real life, he's 18 years older than she was when she shot the book. Oh, was an 18-year okay. difference. And he looks old in the movie. Yeah. And very, you know, like this kind of like idea that she'd go for him because she clearly has no father figure in her life. Right. Um, and again, this is this whole weird fantasy of Joe Esther
2: House. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. Um, what a... And it, I mean, it must have made hundreds of millions of dollars. Well, in equivalent. I think it made about 75 yeah. domestic
1: at the time, but in 83, 75 was huge, was huge, yeah. huge. And then it made like whatever it did foreign, cause you know, uh, worldwide rights and, and money wasn't yeah. the same of what it is today, right? Um, but then you could forget video. I mean, that was like, Paramount. Yeah. see, Paramount backed that movie and Paramount was one of the very first studios to get it. Like, wait a minute. Rather than just, uh, sell these to the video stores for $80 a for copy, sale. Yeah. let's sell it for $30. So every girl bought it. So the reason why yeah. I bring this up, and again, sometimes it's just coincidence with us when we put these things together is, you know, you talked about films that people would get together and watch at parties, teens. Yeah. Well, girls love this. You know, I, my my sister and all her friends, they all had those leg warmers. Oh,
2: yeah, and the, uh, tore the neck off the sweatshirt. The
1: sweatshirt, and then also the the like. my sister did not have a lot of music. She had the tape for Flash. Days. Yes. She absolutely had the tape. You could not be a girl my sister's age and ha- not have that tape.
2: That is really hilarious, yeah. yeah. And I, I this almost makes me want to watch it again, but I probably won't. It's it's only ninety five. <laughs> I mean, it was. I, I yeah. found it fascinating. Again,
1: I thought, wow, the editing of this movie is really good, and yeah. the cinematography. Um, my big cons- my big problem a lot of times with cinematography is that there's like a harshness on the foreheads and stuff in interiors right. that make it look like oh, there's a big studio light. The, the lighting. And of course, that is a staple of Adrian Lyon when you look at fatal attraction and you look at nine and a is, half yes. weeks. Uh, the lighting is always really good, but the lighting in this film definitely was award
2: worthy. Okay. Yeah. Interesting uh, to know. Yeah.
1: And then there's like another tragic part. And again, I, I didn't finish my notes. Uh, there's a friend. Her friend is like trying to have her own ambition. She wants to be a skater a figure skater. That's right. Yeah. And she has this one scene where she uh, is auditioning for the local championship and she doesn't do well. And that seems to be the end of it. And she's not uh, a good dancer like her friends, but the sleazy, uh, you know, uh, topless bar owner from down the road, who at one point tries to attack, uh, Jennifer Beals' character, and is stopped by the, the fatherly figure from the uh, welding company. Uh, he <laughs> coaxes her friend because she didn't. She struck out as a skater, and she can't really dance right with style. Uh-huh. But she can dance at the nudie bar, so he gets her to be working there. Wow! And so that's kind of the trajectory of her story. But the actress, I was looking like she looks familiar. I wonder what other stuff she's in. I forgot that. A year after the film came out, she had a brain aneurysm and died. And she was very young. She was like 30. Oh, wow. Yeah.
2: So it was tragic I, because I, that's first I've heard of this. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So it was a very sad, uh, end for this uh, actress that happened. So, um, so that's another note on, on the film. Uh, but like I said, I, for some reason, I was looking for something to watch late at night, you know, something brainless or whatever. And, I quickly realized that I had to watch the whole thing again because I had to talk (laughs) about this. Um, and then I wasn't even really thinking at the time about, you know, there was a connection that you actually for a time knew the actress Jennifer Beals years after she had done this movie. Yeah. You know, um, and it's, it's just weird because I, I met her once or twice too. Um, and because I wasn't a big fan of the movie Flashdance, I mean, I was like 13 and I wasn't (laughs) rushing out to see that thing. I never really thought of like, oh my goodness, there's, there's Jennifer Beals from Flashdance, you know? Like, I think right. of, when I think of Jennifer Beals, I think of more of all the other things that she did post Flashdance. Post Flashdance, yeah.
2: And she's, oh. she's, she ended up having a pretty great career. Yeah,
1: yeah. She's done tons of stuff. Uh, but, yeah. you know, some, some actors or actresses might have bigger careers, but never have as iconic a moment. And yes, she had an iconic moment. That when you see flash dance, but I think that some of it got diminished when it came out that she didn't do the dancing. Yes, because I think agent wise, the problem was she was done. A, she had to do a lot of interviews, and at the time yes. she was kind of forced to like not say. But it, and it
2: was very unfortunate. They but, told her basically to toe the line. To toe the line, yeah, and then it came out that. She hadn't done most of the dancing, and then it made her look bad, not the studio, and it was – yeah, it it was a bad PR time for her. But
1: she went out and did other studies at Yale. Like, she decided – I mean, she was – like, that's the thing is, again, when I look at these 25-year-olds playing uh, teenagers, she was an actual teenager –
2: she was an actual teenager.
1: And she yeah. was like, well, if acting happens after I finish going to college, and so she wants right. to go to college. And yet, when you think about it, when you finish college, she's still younger than those Them. girls that we just <laughs> saw play 20, you know, 25-year-olds <laughs> playing teenagers in uh in Plan B. Um, yeah. But it's interesting that she made a decision not to go and do high school roles. Like, you know, she –
2: Right. Yeah. She she played adult roles. Yeah. Well.
1: she was from Chicago yeah. area, right? I think. Yep. So the yep. first movie I ever saw her in was before that. There was a movie that came oh. out in 80 or 81. She was just a teenager and she was just like one of the side characters in this film yeah. called My Bodyguard.
2: Oh, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So she
1: must have like auditioned because local high school. And okay. uh, also in that, just as a background player is Joan Cusack, also from Chicago. Oh wow! Yeah, okay. yeah.
2: So yeah, I um, haven't I haven't seen that movie since since the '80s, the My Bodyguard movie. I haven't seen that in
1: probably a good thirty years, but it was a yeah. big movie for me because I really related to the main character because like I had been yeah. bullied and stuff, and so I like I really like said, "Oh, that's me! <laughs> I gotta dodge! Right. I gotta yeah. dodge bullets at school, and I got thrown into a locker." <laughs> <laughs> good times. Um, well, anyways, that's what that's that's the show. That's what we're yep. talking about on our first uh, video foray. Uh, do you have anything else before we part ways, my friend? Uh,
2: I will mention that I watched the Harley Quinn movie. Now, who's she? She an actress? No, no. <laughs> no. The, the Birds of Prey movie.
1: What's the Birds of? <laughs> is that the one um, with Michael uh, Keaton? Won all those Oscars?
2: Yeah, it is. That's the one. Harley Crave. Birdman. <laughs> it's called birds of prey and the fantabulous emancipation of one harley quinn i think that's the full that's title. a very
1: long title are you making that up
2: <laughs> so here's what i have to say about what this are you moment.
1: talking about what i don't know this movie <laughs>
2: <laughs> you should you should look it up on imdb Did this come it, it out during the pandemic? i think so hmm no i know what this movie is
1: actually i think it came out right before the pandemic
2: and i think it came out right before the pandemic stole its
1: thunder of how bad it did at the box office
2: yeah it did not do well at the box office um i I only really have one thing to say about this my 13 year old daughter loved it why Um, why did she love this movie girl power and um margot robbie giving a really fun performance (sighs) You know, um, I don't really care she,
1: for the Margot Robbie performance of Harley Quinn. It's kind of annoying.
2: Okay, so that that's the whole reason she liked the movie, basically, was that performance. Because she kept saying, this movie makes no sense and is incredibly stupid. Has she, has she
1: seen Margot Robbie and Wolf of Wall Street? <laughs>
2: no. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, people. We, we haven't have crossed that, that bridge yet. yet. Not yet. <laughs> haven't gotten to that one yet. Gotten to uh, Wolf of Wall Street. But anyhow, so... Uh, it, it, it doesn't really matter what i thought of this movie but she loved it and uh knew that it was bad and didn't make any sense mm. and didn't care because she just thought it was goofy fun
1: without well, her character and maybe it's again when you're in the right hands of the right director uh yeah. like the james gun she looks great in the new suicide squad that's coming out yes. at the end of the uh, summer i'm looking forward to yes. that yes so yep.
2: so i'll definitely be seeing that um now i did but watch she's 20 also, minutes of this harley quinn by the way months ago she's She's also been one of my daughter's favorite characters for years. Well, oh, because she reads the comics. She reads the comics. Mm, okay.
1: Well, you know, a little bit of credibility and there.
2: Y- yeah. So there was, you know, there's reason for her to like this movie, even though she is aware that it's nonsense.
1: Now, again, I mentioned I saw 20 minutes of it. And I couldn't take any more. Yeah. And I just said, you know what? Life is too short. I'm no. But (laughs) didn't you actually when I mentioned this months ago that I'd watched 20 minutes of this crap fest, you would like watch like 10 minutes, hadn't you? And you said, Yeah, this is terrible. Yes. Okay. So then you decided you would go and watch it with your daughter. And did it get better after 20 minutes? Um Mm, better. Define better.
2: Yeah, I I wouldn't use the word better in this conversation. It's it's got some ups and downs along Mm, the way, Um, but there were some fun action scenes. Mm. Um, There's a car chase towards the end where she's on roller skates. Okay, during uh, chasing a car on roller skates and. yeah, that was there. There was some goofy fun in some of the action sequences. It's the movie is a mess. Okay. It makes no sense. It no. makes no sense. It's um. It's nice to see Rosie Perez again. There you go. Yeah, who played the villain? Oh, it's a great performance. Who the vil- the villain is a great performance. Well, who who's the villain? It's, it's Ewan McGregor. Mm. 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 And he actually gives, a—I mean, he's chewing in scenery. But I
1: do remember him in the movie, now that you say that, like, before yes. I shut it off.
2: He, he just has a blast with this performance mm. and is really enjoying himself. And that, that's kind of fun to watch because he's a pretty great actor. Mm. Okay.
1: Well, there you go. There you go.
2: People. Yeah. All right. So that's, <laughs> mm-hmm. if you have a 13-year-old girl who's into comic books, she might like this movie. Okay. Well, there you have
1: it. Recommendations from Teal. And if you have a mm. teenager from the 80s, you can watch Flashdance.
2: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, now I kind of... I wonder if what she would think of Flashdance now.
1: Well, you know what? I, I It could be a teaching moment.
2: It could be, Because there's <laughs> yeah. going to
1: have to... With a Joe Westerhaus uh, penned script, there's going to need to be teaching moments. Uh, there's some gringeworthy stuff. Uh, and, yeah. and it is very 80s in, in that regard. But again, I found... That the cinematography made those scenes it looked like I know this just sounds so crazy, but like you can look at some films from the eighties and you see the cars and the backgrounds and yeah. everything looks so dated. Yeah. You watch this film and you see the way it's shot, the background stuff, and it looks like you were plopped right there. Like it's almost like very like like high resolution. Oh my goodness. I am transported wow. back into the eighties.
2: Okay, I'm gonna have to. <laughs> I'm gonna have to watch the first ten or fifteen minutes at least.
1: Well, the first time, I mean, the first they start you right off with a bang because you get a great, uh, you get a great uh, dance sequence right at the beginning, right? And then within like first fifteen minutes, you have that that warm up sequence where she mm-hmm. is warming up to Maniac.
2: Yes, okay. so
1: you know you're getting a lot of entertainment in the first fifteen <laughs> minutes, sir. <laughs> So, you know, you're going to like it. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) First, when there's nothing. So how do we
2: end the show when we're on video? Are we supposed to wave or?
1: Yeah, because like, you know, what we do in uh, the audio world, I usually have some kind of clip and music and then endings. So I don't know how that goes. Which, by the way, uh, a little shout out. We've lost another one, Ned Beatty. Uh, 83 no, just yeah, passed yeah. away Yeah. and, uh, yeah. And, uh, of course, you
2: know, network was the big movie for you. Yep.
1: Um, and of course lots what, of yeah, I mean just
2: that, that network, that scene in network is probably one of my top 10 movie scenes of all time.
1: Yeah. He shot for one day. It's a six yep. minute scene and it's, it's amazing. Um, yeah. so yeah. So Ned Beatty and then just the other day was the 40th anniversary of Raiders of the Lost Ark.
2: I, I saw that on social media. A lot yeah. of people were posting about that, and I just thought, yeah, I don't like that movie. I don't need to...
0: <laughs> Not cool, bro. Not cool. <laughs> I think oh, we've done wait, that you, early on. Wait, you, our-
2: I thought you meant Indiana Jones 4. Yeah, Indiana Jones four. Yeah, it's uh, it's no birds of
1: prey. Um, yeah, I'm just hoping that this new Indiana Jones five is not uh, terrible because they got they went way down with four and they got to bring it back up. Otherwise, you're going to have a big chunk of the franchise sucking. Four.
2: Yeah. No okay. Spiel, let's get no. Going. no I,
1: Spielberg. Oh, you gotta go somewhere, buddy. You gotta go.
2: I, no, no, I just that Indiana Jones four movie, the Crystal Skull. That's what it's called. I
1: actually choose to pretend like that one didn't exist. Oh, just so I won't watch just, that again. It was terrible. I no, seen it I, one I, time.
2: I, me too, and I'll never watch it again. No. It was just a, an embarrassment.
1: I was so excited sitting there in the theater. I got another Indiana Jones movie! Yay! And by the time it was over, it was like, I remember with The Phantom Menace, I think we've talked about this, when it was over, I kind of was like, my feelings were like, that wasn't a very good movie, was it? But I have to pretend like I liked it. Right. But when when, when this fourth Crystal Skull came over, I was angry. I was like, how dare you? How dare you, sir? Spielberg, what did you do? And then South Park, brilliantly, brilliantly. Oh, I didn't see that. There's an episode where they basically spell it out. Where they like they they basically it's a brutal episode. They like like Spielberg, you raped our childhood. <laughs> So you should, you I find know. that episode. Okay. <laughs> they, they okay. basically God. eviscerate the crystal skull because <laughs> it was hilarious. so, it was so bad. But anyways, hey, now people, uh, look, we're, we're on video and, uh, we won't be doing this all the time, uh, only because the service that I'm using only gives you so much per month and, uh, stuff. So maybe you get one or two, uh, of us on video. Um, so we'll still be doing the audio. You can find us there on, uh, you know, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or or our website, you know, stuffwresene.com. And and we're also – this is where you're going to find video content as well. Um, And then also I think it will be on on YouTube, uh, which we'll have instructions on on our site. But we'll probably post this on YouTube and then link to it on our website so you can watch it. Um, So I hope that for those listeners for the last couple of years that have, you know, heard all the episodes – get a chance to see what the hell we look like. And now you're like, I just going to go back to audio. <laughs>
2: Don't need to see that. Now that I've seen anymore. what you look like, I think we might want to go back to audio.
1: <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, uh, Bill from Queens, now that you see what we're looking like these days, you can say, oh, we'll go back to uh, listening to the show. Uh, but uh, again, hope you enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, we'll be doing this again, whether uh, Tila likes it or not.
0: Yeah, you don't even like it. You don't listen. I like it. You don't
1: even
2: listen to the episode, so you're never gonna watch this. It's true. I don't wanna. I don't wanna. No, I. I've been watching myself the whole time. I can see myself right over there. Yeah, that's all you ever. You don't need to see it again.
1: Now, (laughs) I I have a question because I think this is this is technical stuff that you people don't need to understand. But uh, you're looking sometimes a little fuzzy. But I bet you that the actual stream of you is gonna be nice and sharp.
2: It there's a little thing on here that says it's, it's better than it advertised. Yes. Yeah. Because oh, you've been totally fuzzy and oh. freezing up and glitching out. Yeah, it just happened again. Yeah, you're totally pixelated. Flashdance is awesome. <laughs> I'm not willing to say Flashdance
1: is awesome. It, it's pretty terrible, but at the same time, I think it's, it's okay very to just.
2: I think at this point, it's just it, it's. It, certain movies can transcend being good or bad mm. and they just become what they are which is it's just flash dance
1: yeah uh book smart probably the best of the bunch
2: yes so that's
1: smart uh, but you know what but we didn't intend it this way but it turns out that uh this episode female-centric yes book smart yeah. plan b <laughs> flash dance and harley
2: quinn and harley quinn yeah Birds of Prey, whatever that is whatever that is yep yeah
1: so uh, who knows what the next episode will bring people but it'll bring something excellent sounds good all right Until sir next time. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> and signing off people goodbye